It's snacking and get cracking with a snack that packs a protein punch. Pistachios are known for their protein power, fiber, and better for you unsaturated fats for a combination that may help you keep feeling fuller longer. Wonderful Pistachios is a good source of protein with zero gill. Each one ounce serving has six grams of protein, giving you over 10% of your daily value. I love that they come in a variety of sizes and flavors, making this the perfect protein snack for any on-the-go adventure. Check out wonderfulpistachios.com to learn more about how these little green wonders can power up your day. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back, everyone, to the Flow Track Podcast. Happy Friday. I'm Kevin Sully. He is Gordon Mack. Subscribe to the Flow Track Podcast YouTube channel. If you haven't already, you can watch us live Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 9 a.m. Central. We have the Colin information there scrolling across the bottom if you are tuning in live. Gordon, we got a lot to get to today. I almost just want to get right down to it. But first, how are you feeling on Milrose Eve? Whoa, Milrose Eve. That's what we're calling it? Milrose mm-hmm. Eve. I'm excited. Is, I'm excited. Is Milrose basically on your like top five, top ten holiday calendar? Is that what it is? <laughs> I have an advent calendar for Milrose. Counting down the days. I do. You caught well, me. Yeah, I mean, do you uh where does Milrose rank in your your holidays? I mean, obviously Christmas is one for most people. Uh-huh. Halloween's up there. Halloween's the top five. I think Thanksgiving is a shit mm-hmm. holiday. So I don't like Thanksgiving, Ooh, but that take. you know, where, where is, is Milrose, uh, is Mil, Milrose better than like Memorial Day weekend? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It signifies, and Memorial Day weekend's near my birthday too, but it, it signifies the track is officially back for me. I've always wanted to go to the meet, never been able to go to the meet. So there's that part of it. It just feels like a big deal. I remember watching it on TV as a kid when it was in Madison Square Garden and the track was like 130 meters long. And I was really confused why they would do like 13 laps for the mile here. But then when I went and ran at my school, it was only four laps. So I've always just been fascinated with the meet and the fields are pretty awesome year in and year out. And you could get bogged down and like, well, there's no real interest in indoors for a very long time it's a really short season and yeah but just for those two hours track feels really important so i've always enjoyed it yeah i remember out of college i moved to new york city and i would i would go to this meet just as a fan i got like there was like a not vip but there was an area where you could like drink wine and i'll just drink wine and watch track get really excited about seeing like bernard legat and mary kane nick Mm -hmm. simmons and Eric Swinsky, that was the era that I saw them live. I was like, whoa. And like, you know, he fan out. He'd be like, this is Bernard Legat. And then, you know, yeah. little did I know that it would become my job, you know, 10 years later. But at the time, <laughs> it was wild. <laughs> There's something, though, that I'm more excited about right now than Milrose. Because it's basically been Christmas in January for track and field fans, just in terms of anticipation. Because we had the Athingmo in the mile news that we discussed on Wednesday. And we'll get to the rest of Melrose in a second, and specifically that women's mouth. But then we get the news about Elaine Thompson, hurrah, going for the 60 meter world record in February in Birmingham. And I am so excited to see this, Gordon, because listen, it's been a while since there's been a serious attempt at this record. And it's always surprised me a bit because the women's sprint records, as we know, 
are incredibly difficult. But the 632 has been hanging there for a while. And Shelly Ann Fraser Price has run sub seven. And Mary Lahore has run sub seven. And Elaine Thompson Hurrah has run sub seven. But this seemed to be the most attainable of that group. Now, that was before Elaine Thompson Hurrah had the season that she did in 2021. But I'm just excited to see her go for it. I mean, she ran 1054 and 2153 last year. Those are obviously much quicker than the time she ran in 2016, which was the season before she ran her PB indoors in the 60. We can see, looking back, with the benefit of all these advanced stats, that she went through 60 meters at the Olympics faster than the record of 692. So I think she's going to get it. I think she's going to put this record in the 6.8s when all is said and done. I hope she takes more than one crack at it because the 60, there's a big margin for error. I think it may not come on that first time, but I think if she really focuses on it, gives it two good efforts this year, this thing is gone. And I'm very excited that she's pursuing it and letting us know that she's pursuing it. You think you, okay, I, you kind of got me there. We said, I think she's going to get it. Like, that means you, you don't think she's going to get it in the first attempt, though, right? I think by the time the season's over, she will have she a 60 meter okay. world record. Yes. Now look, well, because you look at those splits, right? 60 to 100. But you also need to take into account that that 100 was a perfect race for her. At least it looked from my perspective. That track was incredibly fast. So you can't always count on those exact same things being in play when she runs just a regular 60. But I think she's going to go 6-8 by the end of the season. All I needed to know was that her and Fraser Price, one of those two, were going to take the 60 serious this year. And I was going to say the record was was gone. And the fact that World Athletics puts out the tweet about her targeting it, that's all I need to know. I'm going to bet on the 10-5 woman to break this world record. Yeah, she's going to run it live on Flow Track in Birmingham, the World Indoor Tour on February 19th. It's going to be very exciting now to watch this one go down. And uh, this is the, the this is the Milrose of the – this is the European Milrose, you can mm -hmm. call it, right? Birmingham yeah. Grand Prix. It's a European Milrose. Uh, but I'm excited for it. It'll be interesting to see who else is in that field to push her. Um, Will Shelly Ann also make an appearance in that race? Maybe another, mm -hmm. like Shrika Jackson, another top 100-meter runner? I don't know if this is just going to be the Lane Thompson Hurrah show. We'll find mm -hmm. out as we get closer to February 19th. But we we know we're getting some great races here on Milrose, and it's 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 reassuring to know that this isn't going to just be a, a one-meet season uh, of interest throughout the, yeah. the next two months, that there's going to be other meets out there that are also going to bring in some star power. You said before indoors about records, but when you get to the, the, the serious distances, the distances that are competed regularly throughout the indoor season, some of those marks are pretty hard to get. You know, you can pick a 600 here and a 1,000 there and cobble together some American records or some world records, but the 60, that one stood since 1993. And Arena Privilova is all over the top of that list. Now, all due respect to her, Elaine Thompson, hurrah, has had a much better uh, career and obviously much better 100-meter times than Privilova. So I just think it's a matter of time of her doing it. So we're going to have an honest attempt at the record, which is going to be so much fun. I like the way the tweet was worded too, Gordon, because usually you hear this with respect to distance races. She's attacking the world record because you got to get the pacers in place and you got to make sure the weather is right. But it's a 60. She could be doing this by herself as long as there's automatic timing set up. And I think she could attack the world record anywhere in the world. She doesn't need necessarily all the pieces in place that you would for the five or the 10. She's, she's that good. And again, the fact that she ran sub six, nine in the Olympics in that split leads me to believe that she can do this. and. You compare her her PB going into this. That was that 2017 season, as I mentioned, right after 16 when she was a 10-7 runner. Now she's a 10-5 mid runner, and she's a lot better. And she's going to get it. And she's going to get it done. Do you think she's going to uh, run a full season and run all the way through uh, Serbia or Belgrade? Good, Excuse me. That's a good Serbia. question. 
I mean, she ran. Oh, she ran it in eighteen. We forget about that. So I think it's a possibility. I think maybe she just is trying to get a record, and then once she does that, she's she'll be content and shut it down. But like, look at pull up Christian Coleman's sixty meter marks. Like once he got going with that, he just kept you know low six four, low six four, low six four, and then he goes and drops the the six three. I think we could see something similar with with Thompson Hurrah, where if she does stick with it, she ends up completely owning this mark. I mean, look at look at this. Let's throw, throw this graphic up here. I mean, by the time he got done, he lowered it by 0.05, which is a pretty good, pretty good chunk of time there off of the mark. So I think we could see something similar to this, where Maurice Green in this situation is the Prevalova, and then Colvin and, and Thompson Hurrah. Are, are lined up here too because listen it's right for the taking it's right for the taking that record's been there long enough thompson hurrah is that good and i think fraser price is that good too because you brought her up hey is she going to be in this race maybe she's not but maybe she's going to decide to run it in another meet because i think with with her start obviously if you pull up those splits again can we go back to that war athletics tweet what was fraser price through 60 i think she was ahead if you scroll down there we got the the splits right underneath this tweet. Yeah, maximize, enhance, enhance, enhance. So Elaine Thompson Raw was 687 through 60. Fraser and uh, Fraser Price was 686. Fraser Price was actually leading through 60. Remember, it was Thompson Raw's back half that was so impressive in that race. Um, that's no surprise. Shelly and Fraser Price is a great starter. So I think both of these women could break it, but Thompson Raw is the one who stated her attention. So I'm going to, I'm going to call it right now. This world record's going down, Gordon. What was, do you think, it would be great if we could get a 40 yard split uh, in this situation. <laughs> Gordon calling for the 40 yard split. It'd be quick. Well, there's 40 meters right there. Is that 40 meters? Four oh, oh no, that's 30 meters. 407 for Thompson or Fraser Price for Point oh five. I love that we have all this data, by the way. I love that these splits exist. It's so much fun to go back and dissect it all. Um, yeah. And I mean, that, that was when she ran 10.6, right? That's not even when she ran the 10.54. I don't know if those pre-classic splits exist, but we could maybe knock another hundredth off on that one. If someone has those splits, let us know. But this is, this is from the Olympic final. And both women ran faster. Like Fraser Price, that's a 10-7. Four. She's run 10-6. Maybe the 60 was the same and, and the difference was slowing down in the final 40 meters. But yeah, very excited to, to see this. Was super surprised to see it as well, even though I've wanted it to happen for so long. But to actually see it posted of, hey, world record. The attempt is on. Christmas in January, Gordon. This is great. This is as good as indoors gets for track and field fans in the current era if elaine thompson were 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 to run 687 that's basically a 4 1 9 40 meter pace time 40 yard pace time 419 it's a 4 1 40 it's very good <laughs> she can make the, uh, maybe the can she might be able to make the kansas city's you know punt return team watch out tyree kill well, she's got a lot of gold medals. Now, she doesn't have 30 gold medals, which is Tyree Kill's equivalent. Looking at 60, potentially, they get two more wins here for the Chiefs. All right. You want to go into Milrose now? Let's go into Milrose. Okay. So, first question. First question. Yes. Yeah, hit me. What is a Milrose? I don't know. Do you know? I should know. I just I talked know about either. how great the meat was. <laughs> you don't even know what it means? Yeah. Is it a guy's what name? Is it a city? Is it what like is a, a, a concept? What is it? Um, is it? Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. So it's funny it you like, say that because you know the event the is called of the, Roses. You know the event is called the Wanamaker Mile? Yeah. What's a Wanamaker I mean, want, as well? well uh, department store, I believe. It's but when I was young, store? when I was young, I didn't know what that was. So I asked my dad when we were watching the meet, how long is a Wanamaker mile? Is it longer than a regular mile? And then he had to explain to me the virtues of sponsorship. What's it? Milrose was the name of the 
country home, home of Rodman Wanamaker. There you go. So he had a home named Milrose. Who names their home? Have you ever named your house? Oh, oh this, yeah. This is, this is uh, Shelly. This is my house, Shelly. Like, this, this is my barn named Bert. And then we're going to name a track meet after it. That makes no sense. Who well, names their house Milrose? That doesn't make any sense. Uh, my house is normally named Housey. So Rodman Wanamaker is the person's name. Okay. He owned a department. He sense. owned the department store. All right, history lesson here. So Rodman Wanamaker owned the department store. That's what the Wanamaker Mile is named after. And his house was named Milrose. And then I believe Dennis Rodman was named after. No, I don't know. So the the most famous indoor track and field meet is named after a dude's house. According to Wikipedia, that believe that is that is true. Man, I'm looking at this Wanamaker Mile Wikipedia page, and you and I were discussing why track doesn't have cool nicknames the other day off pod. And it's uh, and it talks about Eamon Coglin, how many Wanamaker Mile titles he has, and his nickname Chairman of the Boards. That is a great nickname. That is a, an amazing track and field nickname. Chairman of Boards. Boards. I, see, I yeah. see what they did there. Yeah, I, I like there. it, right? Okay, anyway. History lesson complete. We're watching a department store track meet named after a house. shed. A shed. House. Okay, let's talk about the Wanamaker Mile, though. Let's start there. We, we did what the if women he lived in a an little... igloo? Then it'll be called the Igloo Games. That'll be fun. Yes. Okay. It's a good ring to it. Let's do the men first. Men's want to make her mile. Then we'll go to the women and we'll talk. We talked about that with a thing, Mo, but I want to get your pick on this stuff. So men's want to make her mile. Gregoric, Alexander, Garcia, Romo, Cosker and Wynn, Garcia, Prakel, Kessler, Engels, Murphy, Hoare, Kerr, Nick Willis, and Sawinski is rabbiting. What's your pick? We'll go right to that. What my pick is? Yeah. Yep. Uh, my pick is going to be... Uh, I'm going to go with a non-American one, two, three. I think that the top three are going to be Oliver Hoare, Josh Kerr, and Mario Garcia-Romo in no particular order, but leaning more towards Kerr and Hoare as one of the top two. But I think we have three non-Americans go one, two, three. Explain. Well. Uh, Hoare and Kerr are the, just the best of the group. Hoare no, runs well indoors. Kerr is coming off an incredible 2021 and isn't slowing down. Like, they're just the cream of the crop. And mm -hmm. I just think that the people who you would probably argue could potentially beat them that are Americans would be a Craig Angles, a Clayton Murphy. But, like, I just feel like they're journey is not where it's more on a plateauing slash going downwards whereas i feel like josh karen alva whore is still moving upwards based on their okay. age and where they are in their seat in their in their career now not to say that a clay murphy or or a craig angles can't win this i just think that if you're gonna pick a favorite it's definitely gonna be josh Kerr or alva whore um and so, and then I think that we're going to have a wild card like college kid come in there. And that's why I think Mario Garcia Romo of Ole Miss is going to find mm -hmm. a way to sneak into a top three position. So, therefore, I'm going one, two, three international. Not a bad pick. I like Kerr. Very confident, according to his Instagram post, where he said, You should be looking forward to the Wanamaker Mile if you're spectating. I enjoyed that. I thought that was good, stirring the pot there. And then I also like Ollie Hoare because. Listen, he pushes the middle of the race. He pushes the pace and position is at a premium in these indoor races. You can sit and wait to kick, but that's kind of risky. You usually need to be right there at the bell or with, with two laps to go to be, to be in the mix. I think I'm most interested in what Engels will do, just based on the fact that his season ended um, in disappointing fashion. Well, his hopes of the Olympics uh, ended in disappointing fashion last year. And there was talk about how he might retire and came back to, to Pete Julian's group. So I'm interested in seeing what, what he's going to do. But yeah, Hoare and Kerr, I think, are good picks for, for the front of this field. I'll go with Kerr. Garcia Romo, that is, that's bold, 
and yet not bold because we know more about his form than pretty much anybody else in the race because he's a college kid running. But then again, in order to win, he's going to have to beat some guys who have some legit credentials in this field. Yeah, I don't think Garcia Romo is going to win by any means. I just think he's going to get pulled along and finish well and finish top three. Like, I think he's mm-hmm. like a lock for third mm-hmm. in the Gordon Mack lock picks. I think okay. coming off a 221K, he's run 335 outdoors in the 15. I think he's ready to go. He's likely go- he's going to Milrose to try to break the Ecclesia record, I would assume. So he's looking to run a low 350s. Yeah. I think uh, I think that's going to be the opportunity. Get pulled along. Oliver Hoare is going to make it honest. Uh, and he's just going to go along for the ride. And for our non-American and non-NCAA fans out there, Marcia Gar- Mario Garcia-Romo right there with that picture. This, this is the land shark. Why the land shark is associated with the Ole Miss team, I have no idea. They've just been doing it for years. So if you see it after he runs in Milrose, now you know why he's doing that. Land sharks. The football team started doing that a while ago. And I guess now the the distance runners are doing it too. Just I want to help people out so they're not confused when they're watching the broadcast. Like, why is his thumb on his forehead while he's celebrating? Now you know. Okay, anything else in the men's mile? Or do you want to move to the women? Do you think Nick, do you think Nick Willis gets his sub four? Yes. 100%. I think Nick Willis gets his sub four this year, next year, the year after, and probably until forever. Yes. He's perpetually sub four. No, he's going to get it. What was he at mid on the midnight mile? 400? Yeah, four flat something. Yeah, he's going to get it. He's in better shape now. And he's in a really deep field where he's he's got a lot of guys to, to run with. And his training partner is in there, Hobbs Kessler. He'll be good. Oh, good. I do like the symmetry of Hobbs and Nick in there being training partners and yeah. being at the opposite ends of the age spectrum. That's a fun thing that they're in the same training group. Women's mile. Yeah. We did a bunch on a thing Mo on Wednesday. So if you're wondering, hey, what do these guys think about a thing Mo? You can tune in there. Also, if she happens to DNS, will Kevin cry? Absolutely. After investing so much emotional energy in that. So now you know. But what's your pick? Let's run through the field. Anna Kent Bennett, Shannon Osika, Sage Herda, Ella Donahue, Nikki Hiltz, Jessica Hall, Corey McGee, Heather McLean, Josette Norris, Constance Klosterhoff, and Athingmo, uh, Eleanor Purrier, St. Pierre, and Charlene Lipsy. Who are you going with? Give me a top three again. Uh, my top three, I would probably go El Purrier. I would go with, uh, Jessica Hall. Then I'm gonna go with like a like a Shannon Osika. That's my third. Change okay. It up there. And I think this thing Mo finish. There's 13. I think thing a thing Mo finishes uh, seventh or better. Wait a minute. You said fifth on Wednesday. What did okay, she do fifth. in the last That's... two days to drop back? Did someone run a time trial? That no, you didn't no, know you're about. Right, you're right. Fifth, fifth or better. Sorry, I didn't remember the exact time. I knew it was the top half, so fifth or better. Sure, okay. How many people do you think could win this race? Because this is really hard for me to forecast. Uh, I don't think that many people can win it because I think El Purier is like better than all, like extremely better than like at least half the field. So you could take half the field out. Okay. So. There's some. There's a lot of people in this race who have zero chance of winning, and then when you look at the people who could potentially beat Superior, I think you could probably have four or five that could do it, and then mm-hmm. I just narrow it down. To, I'm like, eh, do I think Josette Norris is going to win this race? I do not. I think, I think she's good, but I just don't think she's going to win this race. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if you took El Purier out of the race, it would be mm-hmm. more wild. More open, more like I have no idea. It could be any way. It would feel like the men's 800 of 2021 where a different person wins every weekend. Yeah. But because El Perrier is in this race, you know what she did at this meet before. You know that she's yeah. she's just like a, a clear like four or five seconds better when it comes to like a 1500 than a lot of the other people in this field. You have to, you have to go with uh, Perrier. So. 
we got this poll up. Will Thing Mo run over or under 425 in the Moto's Games Mile? 68% say under. So they are optimistic, just like we are. And if she runs under 425, I think that's when that top five finish is in play. I'm anticipating this is going to be a fast race, Gordon, because you look at 2020, Perrier likes to push. Perrier's been great indoors. I think because the Olympic final didn't live up to the rest of her season, even though it was still a pretty solid race, that just the women's 15 was just completely loaded last year. We forgot about how good Elle Perrier was and how she was just crushing. She was running and winning and also running crazy fast times too. It wasn't as if she was just winning these tactical races with a big kick with 200 to go. So yes, I'm going to pick her as well too. But then if you say who can get top three, then it really pretty much is anybody in that field. I think there's a lot of people that are bunched very close together. And I think the presence of a thing, Mo, is going to make it go even quicker because I think people are going to be really aware that, hey, we have a 155-800 meter runner in here who can run 49 and a quarter. We need to make sure this thing gets moving. But I think, yeah, Perrier St. Pierre's my pick for sure. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this guessing also is very, we have no like concept of where any of these athletes are over mm -hmm. the past like four or five months. Like this is probably yeah. the hardest race to project because you have no idea what the training has been like for any of these athletes. You're going purely off of what something that happened six months ago. Like yeah. you're a different person from six months ago, you know, physically, mentally, everything. Right. So we're just going based off of uh, what we think. But, like, if this race were to happen, yeah, like, two weeks later after they had, like, a Millrose 1 and then there was a Millrose 2, then we'll yeah. be able to really give a better understanding of, like, where everyone is. If we had two Even Millrose. more Millrose. Man, now you're really making me excited, Gordon. If we had double Millrose, that I would guess be... that's New Balance Grand Prix on the, on the uh, U.S. Yeah. side. But we're 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 forecasting, no but I'm trying not to overcomplicate things. The last time we saw these people run last season, Perrier was the cut above everybody in this group. Kostrovin was really good in 2020 in that mile. Perrier had to kick by her in the end. I just don't think she has the the, the closing speed tagging with Perrier Saint Pierre. But I'm also interested in people like McLean, you know, her training partner who made the Olympic team. That'll be fun. Osika, as you mentioned, and Josette Norris. You know, are are really strong runners as well too, and the, Mo is just the ultimate wild card in here. All right, let's move on. Travis, do you want us to message us? Do you want us to talk men's sixty now? I'm assuming you want us to talk the men's sixty before you have to go. Click on what you want us to talk about, Travis. That's what we'll do. Bark twice if you're in Milwaukee, Travis. All right, men's sixty. Men's sixty. Here we go. You have a lot of big names in here, headlined by 2019 world champion in the hundred. And world record holder in the 60, Christian Coleman, 634, is his personal best. As we mentioned earlier, he owns the men's 60. His first major race since his suspension that kept him out of the Olympics. And it's going to be a tough one. He's got Trayvon Bromel in there, Ronnie Baker, Marvin Bracey, Noah Lyles. I think Coleman is going to come into this race ready to roll. Don't think he's jumped into this field. Just as a rust buster, I think he's been waiting anxiously to get back out on the track and run something quick. We saw him do the 300 and the 4x4 just to get his feet wet in that low-key meet in Kentucky. And I think he's going to pick up close to where he left off before because this is Christian Coleman's wheelhouse event. You know, 1600 are what he does, and he's obviously a phenomenal starter. What do you expect to see from him? both time and place-wise? I expect at least top three. I'm not expecting a win because, again, when you take a year and a half off, two years off, like, so many different things can go, like, you're not used to, like, the routine of, like, starting, right? And the routine of being in these big-type meets. You kind of, a little bit, you may feel like, oh, I've been doing this my entire career. This is like, like, mm -hmm. like riding a bike. You know, if you don't ride a bike for like three or four years, you may still remember how to ride a bike, but that first two pedals, 
little wobbly. Like, oh, okay, this is a bike, <laughs> right? So I feel like in getting into this, the blocks and getting ready to set, getting ready to go, I feel like those first like few steps out of the blocks are going to be a little wobbly for him. And I think he's going to be like, oh, yeah, now I remember. And in a 60, it's kind of hard to make up for any mm-hmm. millisecond of a not being completely on. So that's why yeah. I think there's a chance he could fall to like a second or third. But he's going to finish top three. He's going to run a respectable time. I bet you this time is one in around six four something. I would, th- I would say six yeah. four high. I think is going to be the winning mark. We see college kids doing it, so that's why I kind of like. All right, they're not going to run six five. They should run at least run like six forty nine, six forty eight yeah. for the win. And uh, yeah, I think the top challengers are obviously who we think they are: and Baker, Bromel, um, and uh, Marvin Bracy. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I'm kind of. I'm a meet record six forty four. Optimistic. Meet record six forty four. I think if he loses, it's going to be because just this field is so good. I think he's going to be ready. Yeah. Like you look at his, you look at that twenty twenty season, which I think the results are scratched out, so they're hard to find. But that twenty twenty season, he didn't need much to get going, and everybody's basically getting going this weekend it's not as if all these other guys he's going against have been running 60s for a month straight but i think the level of competition and the fact that he's wanted to get back out there for so long i think i think we're going to see a like a 6-4 mid i think that meet record is in in jeopardy i say 6-4-5 6 i think they might actually hit 6-4-4 on the dot if i had to if i had to guess and baker's been really good the year that baker was really good the problem was Coleman was just a little bit better, all better. Yeah, and then you throw in Suping Chan, who was amazing that season as well, too. But I think between those four guys, somebody is going to go a mid 6-4. I mean, I I think Bromel could and Bracey could potentially PB in this race as well, too. But I'm going to pick Coleman to win. I think he needs to start off with a win. Yeah, I think, I mean, four-man race here in Bracey, Baker, Bromel, and Coleman, the Bs and the Cs. what are your thoughts? On, what do you think someone like a Noah Lyles is going to do, though? Because Lyles, you know, he's kind of had like an up and down career so far. Obviously, he's had his highs, highs of his 2019. He still ended 2021 pretty well. You know, he just set mm-hmm. such a high expectation on himself after 2019. You're like, yeah. sky's the limit. Um, yeah. And clearly, he's, he's the 60 isn't his like wheelhouse. So he's. He's coming yeah. into the into the lion's den. He's not really, mm-hmm. and he's the zookeeper. He's kind of like, oh, what am I doing here? Do you th- he's only run six fifty seven. This is lifetime PB. That's in a different category compared to these six fours and six threes that Coleman and Bromels do. Do you think he has any chance to like surprise us and be like debut with like a six fifty six forty nine and be like, oh, whoa, Lyles, man, he's got this his speed yeah. there, and he's gonna be a challenger in the hundred. I mean, that would be great news for him. I just see that top four as being so tough to beat. If he beats any one of those top four, that's a win for him. And then if he loses to any of those guys not in that big four, I think that'd be a disappointment. I think fifth is where everybody would slot Noah Lyles in. And if he's able to improve upon that, then that's that's a win for him. It's just tough. He's a 200-meter guy, first yeah. and foremost. And we're indoors where there's no pro 200 meters. And people don't take the 200 seriously indoors and, and for good reason. So he has to either go long and run the quarter, which he's not going to do, or go short and, and run the 60. But, yeah, we started that season thinking one, two double is in play. And then we ended the season with him not winning the two, getting a bronze in the two. And it's weird to remember a time when we're like, oh, yeah, this guy, this guy could win both. Remember he beat Coleman? It was the, the rivalry that got kicked off, and we thought that we would see um, after 19, he's going to go for the double in 2021. Some of us on this podcast said he was the safest bet in all of track and field and may or may not have mortgaged their entire home on that bet. That's how confident they were. Uh, I think you hedge with Ryan Krauser, so that's why you have two houses, and I'm knocking on your door. So fifth. Fifth is where he should slot in. Like, it's pretty clear. If he does any better than that, it's a win. If he does any less than that, it's not the end of the world, but it's it's a disappointing result, I think, or just a 
neutral result. But yeah, no expectations for him. Beat one of those those uh sixty meter guys. Yeah. Um, and then and then uh Omar McLeod, sixty hurdle guy. If he comes in and runs something like six five low, then you're gonna be thinking, watch out Grant Holloway, because Omar McLeod, if he's running six five low, Grant Holloway's gonna have himself a big challenge at Omar McLeod when it comes to the sixty hurdles at World Indoors. Yeah. I'm yeah, not to get too far down the sixty hurdle route, but all the the guy I want to see is Sasha Zoya from France, the one who broke the, the junior record last year on the low hurdles running twelve seven. That's the guy I want to see. I want to see that guy versus versus Holloway. All right, let's move on. Next event. I don't think Travis is there anymore. If he is, click on the next how do you event, think, Travis. How do you think Brian Sosu got on the that start list? The six seven one. He's this did he win know. like Go. the uh it's Go a race it, against the greats contest. Women's women's eight hundred, women's eight hundred. We got some high schoolers in there with some pros. Ajay Wilson and Natoya Gould headline it, but then you got Roshin Willis and Sophia Gararian in there. Nia Akins, Olivia Baker, Michaela Meyer, Olga Kosheshenko. Uh, how do you think the high schoolers will do, Gordon? How do you think the pros will do? I mean, some people are saying uh, the presence of Sofia Guerrero and Roshan Willis is the is the real reason I think Mo fled the 800 for the mile because she's scared of these up and coming high schoolers. I kid, that's not true. Uh, but they can have that confidence because um, they've been running very well throughout their high school career. Especially, they've had an unusual high school career. Majority of it's been pandemic type, right? And haven't yeah. been able to have quite the normal four years in high school and to have an opportunity to run in the Miller Rose 800. It's a high school kid. Not many people get this opportunity. Uh, people get the opportunity to run in the high school races at Miller Rose. But they don't really get the opportunity to run in the pro races as a high school kid. They reserve yeah. that for like the Drew Hunters, the uh, Nico Youngs. And now here are these two 800 meter stars. I'm excited to see what these two women do. Um, I think they're going to flirt with a two flat, um, get mm -hmm. close to those high school, Top 10 marks. Um, I don't think they're really going to be in the mix to win, but they can just get pulled along well, not have to run by themselves the entire race. You know, they can be in sixth place and be running a 59-second opening quarter. That's going to be good for them because then they can just, like, follow the train and hold on to potentially run two flat, 201, 202. Indoor high school record, 201.78 by Sammy Watson. From 2017. I can see that happening. Can you see that happening? 201.78. So, Gorian's seems kind of, that seems, yeah, that seems, seems doable. doable. Yeah. It's the high 201. It's not a low 201. It's high 201. Well, all right. Because you have Natoya Gould in there who usually pushes the pace. And if she doesn't, Ajay Wilson. We'll push the pace. So it's going to get going. I think we're going to see that. I don't want to be too record happy and predict every record is going to get broken, but 201.7, I think I think we're going to have a new high school record in the girls' 800. From How do you think Ajay two. Wilson does? Do you think do you think she wins it? Hold on one second. One more, uh, one more on this okay. point of high scores. Because usually when we're talking about a high school record, all the focus is on one. And they have yeah, all the pressure that's on them. True. In this case, you have two and their pbs are close together so that's what makes this one fun you have two high schoolers who have a shot at it and maybe that will help too just with each other they can push each other they race against each other so they're familiar with each other um i i'm yes i'm most interested in Ozzy wilson based on how her 2021 ended i think if she's able to beat ghoul that's a great sign I don't know what it would mean long-term because obviously you have a thing, Mo, now the clear number one in the event. But I am fascinated by, by where she'll be at based on how last year ended. Because remember, she scratched and clawed her way to that last trial spot, got on the team. I thought, okay, yeah, she's going to get in a much better position between then and the Olympics. And I even thought she'd get a gold medal. Didn't even make the final. So I want to see it. 
I'm really curious to see what she comes out with because she's still very, very young, even though she has so much experience. Checking out the mile split screen. That's the head-to-head of the two high school kids, Wilson and and Willis. Gray and Willis. Willis. Yeah, sorry. Willis. We're, we were talking about Ajay Wilson. Got my head mixed yeah, up. Yeah, what's the all-time um, head-to-head here? How do we, do, do we see the all-time head-to-head between the two? Uh, head-to-head. Yeah, Gorarian and Willis. We have like one, a, a two, count three, hit. four, five, six, seven, seven to two. Ooh, okay. That's what it is. Seven okay. to two. Listen though, this is a you know this is a different type of race. They're hopping into a pro race with a bunch of Olympians in there, so it's a little bit different than your traditional high school meet or even a race against lower tier pros. This is this is big time stuff. So it's going to be a different sort of race. And yeah, I'm going to say the the high school record gets broken in this race. I'm going to go with that one. And I'm going to have Ashley Wilson's just so good indoors. So I'm going to take Wilson over Ghoul for the win in this one. And I think the high school record gets broken farther down in the, in the, in the race. What do you think? I agree with you. I think high school record gets broken and I think Ajay Wilson wins individually. Mm-hmm. They don't give Ajay Wilson the high school record because she's not in high school anymore. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That she's might still be still kind of young though, right? Yeah. Isn't Ajay Wilson He's... young? Yeah. The, the, the people that are good when they're really, when they're really young, you're just like, you forget like, oh, they made a world team when they're, when they're 19 and then they make a, a whole bunch of world teams and they're still like 20. She's only 27. Dang, only 27. 27. Yeah. So not counting her out, but I'm, I'm curious to see where she's at. Cause traditionally she's been really good indoors and I expect that to continue on Saturday. Next event, man, where do you want to go next, Gordon? And by Gordon, I mean, Travis, this is, this is how we should do the whole show when we're doing previews. So Travis just decide click, where just we go. Click, he just clicks on stuff, and it's just fun to talk about. What is this? The Got Milk the Girls got- Fastest Kid in the World. All right, here we go. Let's break it down. Uh, Brooklyn King, Abigail Riley, Grace Foley, Michelle Enloe, Winter Dockery, Blair Ewers, Leilani Ariyibi in there. Uh, Gordon, you got you got a pick here? You got a lean? Well, I got questions. How do they decide this field? And, like, mm-hmm. what's the prerequisites? How do they find a girl from Grenada? And a boy from Jamaica and a boy from Trinidad to be like, in an I- in Ireland, be like, uh-huh. you are representative of your country to win. A lot of pressure. Fastest kid and boy in the world. A lot of pressure. Also, um, how does how do the the um the pro athletes feel about this? Like, wait a minute, the fastest kid in the the fastest person in the world competition is no kid there kid. and i'm in this race why can't i be in this race i want to go up against the fastest boys in the world and the fastest girls in the world it's kid in the world it says kid doesn't say fast here's the question here's the, the real question the is yeah girls fastest kid in the world race what place would kevin sully finish in that no. race last last i'll tell you that right now remember when i tried to break the eight and under aau record and got worked that was rough um I'm going with in the girls' race. I'm going with Brooklyn because of the New York connection. I'm not picking against that. I think the crowd is going to be behind Brooklyn, and that's going to carry her to a win. Uh, on the boys, I need to check out the the boys here in a second. Oh no, Travis has found the video of me trying to run an 800. This is going to be yeah, this is not good. Uh, Liz, I was at my not to say I'm in great shape now, but I was at my lowest. Well, there. It is. Oh man, yeah, that's rough. <laughs> that feels bad. That just looks ugly. Why did I stop my watch? It was terrible. By the way, it was what, like a hundred degrees that whole day. Yeah, two thirty nine. That was that was terrible. Well off my PB. You ran a four hundred, right? I ran a two hundred. I was like, that I ain't doing no four hundred. I'm doing. Yeah, that was really that was really stupid. I don't know why I decided. Brian ran the four hundred. That's right, and Corey did the hundred. My thing was, don't get hurt, and you won't get hurt in an eight hundred. Not knowing that um, the shoot would take like five hours, and I'd be sitting out there. For four and a half before I ran the end. There's Gordon. Look at that. Is that like a future dunker to you? That guy looks like he can. Oh no, you're tying up big time. Look at those half tights. I was, I was trying. I'm wearing, I'm wearing like a work t-shirt. I don't even know what I'm wearing. Yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a lifter now, so I don't really, I don't really worry about uh my my hundred times. I'm in much better shape now. Maybe I do do this again this summer for redemption. I, I go sub two thirty this summer for sure. Did you get it? I think you got it. I think you barely got it right. 29, 29 dead. 
Oh, nice. I did break it. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. See, my role was just making jokes about you guys. All right. Take take this off, Travis. I don't need to see this anymore. This is just. <laughs> That's right. National good. Racket Girls, eight and under, 29 flat. Yeah. So, so to take answer that. your question, could I, could I beat the, the girl's fastest kid in the world? No. Gordon, maybe. How's your block start, though? I'm assuming these kids are going to come up off the blocks. I think they would beat you. I think you would lose. I think I would lose. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I would lose. I'm okay with that. I've accepted that I would lose. I've accepted that. Yeah. Once you let it go, acceptance is, is a good thing to have. All right. Um, you want to talk about these 3Ks? Do you want to yeah. talk about the, or the men's eight? Uh, 3K. Hold on. Let's see what Travis clicks on. Men's Here we 3K. Go. Men's 3K. This is known as the Gordon Mack invite. All of his favorite runners are here. You got James West, Morgan Beetlescum, Charles Hicks from? Stanford. And a great friend. Great Britain. I went to high school in? America. Good. Uh, Jordy Beamish, Sam Parsons, Wesley Kip too, Connor Mance, Drew Hunter, Luis Grijalva, Cooper Tier, Cole Hawker, Jeremy Hernandez. Uh, let's just keep going on this whole top three picks here. I'm curious what you're going to go with because I don't know. This one, I mean, you got to say Hawker and Tier are the favorites, but you got Grijalva in there who just ran a mile and made the Olympic final in the 5,000, and Beamish is has been running well as well too. So what do you go? What are you going with here? Well, first of all, I want to mention and Nico Young was in this. Nico Young was in this race, but then pulled out and is now running a mile at UW. So mm. not sure what Mike Smith is cooking up because he still is running some guys in the the B mile here in Milrose. But I thought that was interesting that Nico was going to run the three K here, but now is just doing a mile at at Washington. Um, mm -hmm. But he's on this race. Who do I think is going to win it? I mean, it's definitely going to be Cole Hawker and Cooper Tier. Like, they're going one, two. I don't see anyone on this list that can defeat them right now. I mean, Luis Gra if Luis Grijalva would have, like, won that mile against Nico Young and ran, like, four flat altitude, then mm -hmm. I would be like, Luis Grijalva could upset a Cooper Tier or Cole Hawker. But I'd say Hawker won Tier two, and then, mm -hmm. you know, Maybe Grijalva three. You know, I mean, yeah. Beamish is more of a miler, but he can get extended a bit. Uh, Charles Hicks is an unknown. I feel like Charles Hicks might be better in a 10K than a 3K. Yeah. Drew Hunter, you're like, is an unknown. Connor Mance, also like more 10K than 3K. Kip two, he doesn't have that much of a kick. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not really putting my faith in a in a kip two kick. I think the safest bets though are Hawker Tier Grohalva in that order. So that's what I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Hawker number one. Until I see someone straight up out kick him, I'm not picking against him. I mean he got six in the Olympic final and that race was strung out early. And obviously that was a race that featured Jakob Ingerbitson and Timothy Chariot who are not in this field. So I'm going to go with Hawker. Just I haven't seen him really have a bad race in a long time. So I'm going to go with him. Like, Tier has run really well too, but he got fourth at the trials. Like, we saw, all right, at least we know the limits of his speed. With Hawker, against this type of field, I think he's comfortable with the pace going out really fast and holding on and closing well. I think he's comfortable with it going out reasonably well, and I think he's good with it going out slow. Obviously, it's Milrose, so it's not going to be too slow. I think all of it points in the direction of, of Cole Hawker. Tier, we know less about, ran the cross-country season. But I think he's a good pick for top three. I, I would put Beamish in the top three, for sure. And then I think the wild card here is someone like Hunter as well. And Charles Hicks. Hicks was good in, in, in the fall. You just you're just naming the entire field, you know. No, you found I a said, way to like say all fourteen names and no. consider them all wild cards and or favorites. I did not. I did not mention James West, which is rare for me because it gives me the opportunity to bring up the worst call in NCAA track and field history when James West was DQ'd from the West prelims. I didn't mention his name until now. I'm picking Hawker, and then I'll go Beamish, and then I'll go Tier. But I think that I said the, an interesting person I'm watching for is Drew Hunter. Coaching change, all that stuff. I'm a storylines guy, the, Gordon. You know me, storylines guy. 
We should uh, refer to James West as James West prelims. That'd be good. That's see, but that comes across as being mean when I No, he's a bag. great athlete. He's he's great at we're 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 pro James West prelims. We're not anti James West prelims. Uh um, Banksy Banksy says in the chat, what is with you guys giving Mance no credit? What is what I credit just, does he deserve? He's a just, he's a half marathoner now. Like we're supposed I to think he's gonna win the three K here? Come on. Yeah. Listen, and there's a difference between picking someone to win and giving him no credit. Um, yeah, he's a longer-distance guy. I think if Mance could get in the top half of this field, I think it's a great result for him. This is a big jump yeah. down in, in his best distance. Also, it's kind of interesting that Mance is doing this, now that I think about that. Because you know how we've been like harping on, like, Mance, go to the roads, go to the roads, go to the roads. And then like he's like, okay, I'm going to run the Millrose 3K indoor. <laughs> like... <laughs> It's not really the roads. That's yeah. like the exact opposite of like doing a indoor three k. Yeah, um, like you don't you're not seeing Galen Rupp doing the the Milrose indoor meet to prepare for his summer of road racing. You know he's because he's a road I'm telling racer. you he joined it so. because these are all the people that Gordon has talked the most about over the last three to four years are all in one race. That's why he got an invite from the meet director because that's the that's the prerequisite. Gordon's gonna be watching. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, women's 3K. Women's 3K. Somewhat of a similar vibe in the women's 3K, I feel like, with, you know, you got, like, Wayne Kalati, You got Alicia Monson in there. You have Danny Jones, Courtney Wamet, Whitney Orton, um, Ellie Hennis. I don't, I mean, Monson just beat Kalati. In that cross country race, Wayman won NCAA 3K last year. Danny Jones, obviously, we know what she's capable of as a pro. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't have a strong. Who's the favorite in this one? I think, I think Courtney Wayman is the favorite. Okay. I think when you look at this race, the people who are best are bester. Bester or, or or more on the longer distance side in Kaladi and Monson. Right. Not that Kaladi Monson can't put together a good three K because they did during their college days. Sure. Um, but like I just look at the list and I think that the person who's going to be sharpest for this type of race would be a mm -hmm. college kid, and I would go Courtney Wayman, who's focusing on the three K and DMR this indoor season. I think, I think this might be a situation where we will have a college kid win. I think that happened. Did that Monson happen one? The Monson one, yeah. I think we're having yeah. a Monson 2.0 situation here with Courtney Wayman from BYU. So Wayman pulls a Monson on Monson. Correct. Wayman, yes. Okay. Oh, uh, yeah. and Wayman, the first BYU woman to run at Milrose Games. Mm -hmm. Well, and they're going to have you know, her former teammate in Orton, Orton there in that yeah. race now that she's pro, but she's still training with. Coach Taylor out in, in BYU. So she'll have familiar people to throw them with. Yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good pick. It is it is wide open though. I think uh there's a big group of women who could win this win this race. Um man, people are pushing back on the on the men's 3K pick. Michael says Beamish is in a lot better shape than you all are giving him credit for. Here's the thing. Jordy Beamish is a podcaster now too. And we've talked before about podcasting making you quicker. Even though that last video of me and Gordon running would seem to undercut that argument, but I think well, we weren't we we sense. weren't podcasters then. We weren't podcasting then when we filmed. That. Well, I was, uh, uh, so I have no excuse. Uh, I mean, I don't think second to Cole Hawker in that field is a bad result, though. People got to get out of this binary thing of like, if we don't pick you to, if you don't get picked to win, you're getting dumped on. Like you, it's it's track and field. You can ha have a great result and finish second or third. I guess the thing going for for Beamish, right? He ran that really good 5K recently. But I just like the, the closing speed of Hawker. Until I see it not work out for him, I'm going to pick him. Or if he's in a, a Diamond League field, obviously I'm not going to pick him over Chariot or Inga, for example. But. All right. What's the next one we want to talk about, Gordon? Uh, let's talk about Donovan Brazier in the 400. What do you think he runs? All right, well, 
I was really high on this, and then I read John Galt's article where they're like, yeah, Frazier's, he's back, he's feeling good, but his indoor season's going to be real short, and I think Pete Julian said, I forgot what he said in the article, it was like 46 or 47 or something. I was thinking he'd go 45 high, but I guess that's that's too much. So, I mean, I'll go, I'll go 46. Uh, so this is four. This is uh, an appearance fee run for him, basically. I didn't think that, but when I read the quotes in the article, it pointed more in that direction, which is disappointing. They posted those videos when they were at Texas A&M, and he didn't race, but he was there working out. I, I mentioned this on the show when we were talking about it. It's like he was ripping some 200s in like 22 or 23, it looked like. So I thought he could run something pretty crazy. I've always thought, you know, he's run those great four by four splits. So I was thinking 45 high was a possibility. So yeah, I'll go, I'll go 46 high or 46 mid, which would, which would mean, I think, I think Vernon Norwood would beat him then. So, and maybe I'm Christopher Taylor, but maybe they're fooling yeah. us. Maybe this is a rope-a-dope. Maybe he's going to come out there and, and really rip a quarter. I don't know. I think he's, I think he's doing a workout. That's what I think. I think he's doing a workout. They're like, yep. they're like, hey, he's not ready for a full eight. But he wants yep. to do. He still wants to run at the meet. Can he run the four? We'll do a workout before or after, and then call mm -hmm. it a day. That's what I think. Yep. Oh, let's go to the shot put real quick because I want to ask you this. Pull up the shot put, the men's shot put, if you could, uh, Travis. Okay, it's two six. It starts at two sixteen p.m. Ryan Krauser in there. So assuming, I'm assuming he's in a, if that's the throwing order and he throws sixth. So over under 2.23 Eastern time, is there a new world indoor record? Oh, you think he'll throw a new world indoor record on his first throw? Yes. No, he's not going to throw a new world indoor record on his first throw. Yes. I'll go under. He's going he's gonna to throw 23 meters in this competition. On the first throw? Yes. Throw one, not have throw two, four. He's not going to throw 23 meters nothing? on his first throw. Have we he's not going to do that. Right. Not gonna okay, do that. so you take the over. I'll go the under. I'll go the under. Here's a question. I get. I should have set the line at 2.30 p.m. I should have given him two throws. Maybe I'll do that. Yeah. Two throws. Do you give him Here's two throws? Here's a question. Does Ryan Krauser hold the world record for longest throw that he purposely DQ'd on? Did he step like, do you think he's ever thrown like – Yeah, thrown a 22-meter and be like, ah, foul. I don't, I don't want that on my resume. Like, do you think he's ever yeah. purposely fouled a 22-meter throw? I feel like he might have. Maybe. He's getting once you go 22. He's probably – you, He's definitely fouled a 21-meter throw on purpose. He has to have, right? Yeah. Once you crazy. throw 23, 22 probably feels short. You could yeah. probably tell once it left his hand, ah, this isn't going to be good. This isn't going to be good. Foul. Let's look, at the rest of that. Let's look at the rest of the field. Is his entire series going to be better than the rest of the field's best throw? I say yes. Yes, yes yeah, 100%. Or with Tunde's, yeah, he's gone twenty-one thirty-three. Oderdahl's twenty-one eighty-two. So no one's no one's thrown better than twenty-one eight uh, indoors. I just think it would be funny. There's no reason if there's no reason why his indoor mark can't be as good as his outdoor mark, and his outdoor mark is well into the twenty-threes. So I think he's gonna get it. It would be funny if he like comes, shows up, throws one throw, throws twenty-three meters, and then leaves the building and goes get lunch. Gets on the subway. <laughs> The competition's still going on. He's like, Comes back like where are you? He's like, I'm eating. I'm eating food. I got work to do. He's the only one in that field who has like a flight to catch at like the time of the final throw. He's like, I got to go to LaGuardia. I got a flight back to Fayetteville. Don't worry. I just did my one throw and I'm out. 3.30. He's going to do two competitions on the same day in two different places. He's going to do yeah. the first round in one place, and then he's going to hop in for the sixth round somewhere else. Yeah, I think it's going to be. I, I guess you, you, <laughs> <gonna> be like, <laughs> he just goes on a Ryan Krauser facility record tour. How many facility records can I set in one day? That's what Ryan Krauser should do. Just one toss, just put the mark. 
out of distance. Just crush the hopes of all the other competitors who have ever thrown at that facility. I guess I should have put it to 230 for the over-under wins the world record going to be broken because I don't, I'll give him two throws on that one. All right, um, let's see. We didn't talk about the women's four. Raven Rogers is in there. And then we have the women's 60 and then the 60 hurdles on both as well for the other ones we did not mention. Or unless I'm, is there something else I'm missing? It's men's eight. The men's eight. We didn't talk about the men's eight. Oh, we didn't talk about the men's eight. You want to talk about the men's eight? Sure. My apologies. Long pod. That's okay. We're we're, go, we're doing good here. Um, Hopple, Saruni, Jewett, Harris, uh, Lopez, Charlie Hunter, Ordonez. You know, I'm thinking Saruni or Hopple, but when I try to do the 800 meter rankings, it's just one big shrug wow. emoji, basically. It's so hard to yeah. figure out who's where, but this feels like a race that Saruni could win, but it could be a race where he finishes seventh. I don't know. Yeah, Saruni is not good at, like, owning races. He always kind of lets the, uh, the K, like, he, he takes a lot of risks and, like, kind of waits a little too long for a lot of his kicks and stuff. So, especially an indoor meet, you can see him waiting too long, and then there's... He can close hard, but he just doesn't have position. Um, Saruni yeah. did run a fast 600 at altitude in Albuquerque um, on our on flow track actually last weekend. So he's fit. He ran, I think, a 115 or 116 600. I don't know what it was, but so he's not out of shape. We don't know anything about these other people. I'm assuming they're going to be somewhat fit. I I think the the wild card winner will be someone like Charlie Hunter. I think. He might find a way to sneak into the mix and have a great kick, and we have a slow win, like a 146 high wins it, and Charlie Hunter yeah. takes the win with that. Um, but, you know, Bryce Hopple is Bryce Hopple. He should be the favorite, in my opinion, based off of his pedigree. And then hmm. Saruni, Isaiah Jewett, Isaiah Harris are kind of like the other potential people who can battle with Hopple. I got a pick that I feel strong about. Lopez is going to get a PB. 153 right now. I feel like that guy can go faster than that. He was good. He was good last year. I mean, he went out in the semis, but he was running a lot of U.S. meets and taking it to those fields. So I think in that weird type of race that you're mentioning, I think he could he could potentially get the dub too. Um, so Here's a question. Yes. So hips one and two, share lane one. Three and four share lane two, five and six share lane three, um, and then et cetera. So, what lane would you want to share with? Would you rather be in the lane sharing with Hunter and English? Would you rather be with Lopez or and Ordonez or Ordonez, or would you rather be with the Isaiahs? Like, oh, Isaiah no. Harris is a big dude. Isaiah, you do not, you're not sharing a lane with Isaiah Harris. You're like scrunched to the side. You're in there with Isaiah. Harris. Well, maybe not uh, like literally in the lane with them but like what would it be like to be on a starting line with both isaiah's like would you make a lot of isaiah jokes be like what well, oh. hey, isaiah and they both look at you you're like i uh, got you yeah, yeah, if yeah. you're in the the spanish speaking lane with the spaniard and the mexican do you just like say like mm -hmm. basic spanish like may i go to the bathroom yeah. may i sharpen my pencil that you learned in yeah elementary school or would you rather be with the guys with the accents the irish man and mark english the Australian and Hunter, and just have an over-the-top like English accent. Is seven is Hopple in with Saruni? Am I reading that right? No, they're not. So only the first uh, uh, six guys are sharing lanes. So okay, I say like, Hopple and Saruni would be fun. That's like that'd be that'd be an interesting conversation. If there's any conversation, I think I'd want to be in the Charlie Hunter Mark English one and just enjoy their accents. Yeah. And just, you, know, you definitely drop a good day, like, mate, or something like that, and be like, "All right, I haven't heard." Yeah, that yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I'd do Isaiah's. No, I'll ask. Maybe Isaiah, Isaiah jokes would be okay. right up my. Again, it would get it would get a lot of eye rolls, but I'd try to think of something creative. I'd be like, "Great, thanks, Kevin. Get out of our lane." I'll try to get Mark English to do an Australian accent and get Charlie Hunter to do an Irish accent and see what it sounds like when an Australian does an yeah. Irish accent and vice versa. 
I feel like you could do a really bad joke about how his last name's English, but he's Irish. Like there could be something there that you could explore too. Yeah. Uh, lightning round. Let's go lightning round. Women's 60. What's your pick? Gardner, Briscoe, Hobbs, Thomas, Williams, Parker, Jackson, Abbott. Go. Hobbs. Hobbs. Men's 60 hurdles. Andrews, Daniel, Zallow, Devin Allen, Daniel Roberts, Braithwaite, Dixon, Freddie Crittenden. Uh, Allen. Devin Allen. Women's 60 hurdles. Marshall, Lavin, Charlton, Kenny Harrison, Gabby Cunningham, Brittany Anderson, Anna Cockrell. Harrison. 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 Uh, women's 400. Women's 400. Last one. Uh, Owen Yekwu. Jenkins, McGregor, Jessica Beard, Raven Rogers, Waddle, and Jonathan. Um, I want to say Waddle, but 400s are weird, so I'll go with Raven. Raven Rogers. There you have it. The Milrose Games preview show. That's a wrap. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back Monday to, to recap it all. If you are a member of the Flowjack Podcast community on YouTube, if you joined, if you're a member of Gordon's Goons or Kevin's Kings, we're recording a bonus pod. So you can look for that in your feed either later on today or, or this weekend. So thanks everyone for tuning in. It's a fun week of pods. Again, it's an exciting time to be a track and field fan. Enjoy it. Thing Mo, running a mile. Wayne Thompson arrive in the 60 next month. Gonna be good. Thanks to Colt. Thanks to Travis. Have a good weekend. Enjoy the track and field. See you Monday.